You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 41. Hey guys, happy Monday. We're doing a birth story episode today. Not my birth story, but I wish. (laughs) If you're listening to this episode, I hope I already had the baby, but I don't know. If you're listening to this episode and I'm still pregnant, then I would be 40 weeks and three days, Um, but maybe I had the baby over the weekend, so who knows? We'll see. Anyway, we are doing a birth story today, guys, with my friend Samantha. She recorded with me a while back and has since had her fourth baby that she will reference um, in the episode that she's pregnant with. Samantha and I started talking about her background. She actually has a PhD in exposure science. Ooh, fun. (laughs) Um, So she has a lot of expertise on how medications and chemicals get passed um, from mom to baby, you know, either during pregnancy or or breastfeeding. So we started talking a little bit about that. And then we went into um, her birth stories and she's had four now, but she had only had three at the time. So we talked about all of those. Her first one was an epidural. Her second one came super fast, didn't have any time for medication. And then her third one um, was also medication-free. And then she referenced in her fourth one that she plans on going unmedicated as well with her fourth one, which she did end up doing. Something that she talks about in her episode that I thought was really cool, um, and I personally do myself, (laughs) is mindfulness and meditation. And she used mindfulness and meditation through her third birth, and she planned on using it with her fourth, which she was able to do. So she talked a lot about that and just thought that was really cool. So a few months after we record this podcast, she did end up having her fourth baby. Once again, like I said, unmedicated. Um, And this one she said was different because her labor stalled out, but the mindfulness and meditation um, that she used during her third birth and that she was very well versed in, once again, made a huge difference and, you know, was able to get her through that fourth birth unmedicated. So without further ado, let's hear from Samantha. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. Hi, Samantha. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. I'm good. Can you start by telling listeners a little bit about yourself and your family, where you're from, what you're doing right now, all that good stuff? Okay, I can do that. So like you said, my name is Samantha and I am originally from Georgia. I've been in Pennsylvania for about five and a half years now. So I moved up here for a job. I'm actually teaching chemistry at a local university. Although, Ooh. yeah, at the end, so just in a couple of weeks, I'll be done with that. I'm having my fourth child Woo-hoo. at the beginning. Yes, at the <laughs> beginning of January. So I'll be done teaching and I'll be staying at home after that with everybody. So that'll be a new and different challenge. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah. But with that, right now, I also have 
um, my own site called Evidence Based Mommy. Yeah. I'm kind of combining my chemistry and not just chemistry. I kind of have a mixture of background in chemistry and public health. So looking at how the choices we make, like either in food or just things we get exposed to in the air and all that kind of stuff, how they affect us and how they affect our babies. Because our children get exposed, you know, either while they're still in the womb mm-hmm. or when we're breastfeeding or all of that. So that's kind of where I started with my expertise. But then, of course, like becoming a mother too made me a lot more interested in child development and in, um, you know, emotional health and emotional intelligence and instilling mm-hmm. that in our kids because we didn't necessarily grow up with people, you know, our parents explicitly trying to instill those things. So it's something that's really important to me. So I've kind of got all these different passions and interests related to parenting and motherhood at Evidence-Based Mommy. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because, yeah, I know the challenges it is that we were just talking about it before we got started in like starting a new blog. Um, What are some of, I guess, your most popular kind of articles or what, what are some of the ones that you like kind of started with? Well, I started with, I started more on my public health expertise, you know, yeah. because that was the stuff like I have the degree in and I felt more more comfortable with, but I've been expanding kind of based on experience, um, based on, I've been doing yoga with a really great teacher for a few years. So mm-hmm. kind of the mind, mindfulness and mental health type stuff that goes with that to my most popular post actually is about the three different births I've had and how different they were from each other and what I actually, I plan to choose, you know, here in just a month and a half or so based on how those first three went. Well, that's, yeah. I was going to say, well, that's perfect because that's what we're going to talk about today, guys. We're going to do some birth stories and talk about all three of your births and then, you know, what can, what you can anticipate hopefully for your, for your fourth one. So that's, that's pretty cool. Well, I'll right. definitely link your, um, all of your stuff in the show notes page and we can remind listeners at the end where they can follow you and your website, if you have an Instagram, all of that good stuff. Um, well, cool. Well, let's go ahead and this, you know, is a good kind of, I guess, tie in <laughs> to kind of get started and talk about your birth story. So let's go way back and talk about your first one. First of all, I know you said you're pregnant, you're eight and a half months pregnant with this one. How kind of far apart, I guess we can, we're going to eventually talk yeah. about that, but like how far apart are your kids? And let's go back to the very beginning and with your first, first of four, you know, getting pregnant, if you had any issues, all of that good stuff. Okay. So my oldest is six and a half. I also have okay. a four and a half year old and my little boy will be three in January. So Aww. six, four and two. And then, you know, this one on the way. Yeah. And let's see, honestly, I, I was really fortunate. I didn't have trouble getting pregnant. Um, in great. fact, it, it is great. Like, in fact, I was an only child. I wasn't around kids or babies much when I was growing up. I was a little weird with them. I didn't really want kids. My husband wanted kids. Mm -hmm. And so I got off of birth control for a few months because I was like, we'll time it so that if I get pregnant, I would have a baby in the summer because, you know, I was just starting that teaching career. Right. And I thought to myself, I was like, odds are there's no way I'll get pregnant in that time frame. So I want to like buy myself a year. But Mm -hmm. lo and behold, I did. That's all it is. I feel like. (laughs) I know. And so... 
everything went well. I was sick, but I mean, everything went well. Yeah. And um, even, I mean, right before she was born, I was like, I can't do this. I don't even like babies. You don't understand. <laughs> and the nurse just like looked at me and said, I'm going to give you a minute and just turned around and walked out. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, I had my oldest and I fell in love with her. And now I'm on my way to having three more besides her. So. Yeah, no, that's it's great. Funny. And I think it's so funny too, because, um, I mean, I feel like I've always kind of like kids, like I babysat when I was younger and I always envisioned myself like being a mom and stuff, but mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't and who are like you, who just, you know, either think that they're not going to have kids or they're very like, oh, you know, I think I want to have kids, but like, I don't really like other people's kids. Right, right. <laughs> but it's so different when it's your own baby like it is, it is. so so different it's but at the same crazy. time now I like other people's you know yeah. babies and toddlers yes. and stuff but I was the person you know whenever you're like early mid-20s people just assume if there's a baby you want to hold it yeah because like of course you're going to like babies right and so they right. hand you the baby and like anytime someone would hand me a baby he or she would start crying and I'd be, oh. you know, I'd be like what do I do with this thing and, <laughs> and just like hope someone would please take it back you know so that was yeah. me. So it's it's been a very big change. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's talk about how that first birth kind of went because it was very different from, I mean, I know all of your three were very, very different, but this one was very different, right. you know, from any of them. So yeah. How did that first one go? Yeah. So it was kind of the traditional epidural. I was, I've been fortunate. I've had fairly short labors with all of them. Yeah. Um, this one was, my first one was only nine hours, which especially for a first. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, you know, I labored at home for a while, like in the middle of the night, you know, Mm -hmm. and then made it to the hospital around probably 530 AM, I guess. And had my epidural. And, you know, as I mentioned, like I wasn't able to sense when it was time to push because the nurse told me, Right. It was time to push. And that was when I started freaking out and saying I couldn't have a baby. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and it, you know, it, it went well, but the recovery afterwards mm. was not awesome. First of all, that first time that I had to get up to go to the restroom, I, um, my blood pressure just tanked oh. and I just had this awful, awful nausea for like, 20 minutes or something. And I was like, I don't even care that I have a baby. Like, I just feel like I'm dying, you know? And it was especially after being sick the whole way through pregnancy, I was just mad to be nauseated again. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on top of that, the woman who delivered um, gave me an episiotomy in the middle of it. Didn't tell anyone. She just kind of like did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's not cool. That was not cool. And so that was like, five or six months of recovering from that. Jeez. Yeah. So like the, the process itself was, you know, fine, but the recovery afterwards was much harder. Yeah, no, I can imagine, especially with an episiotomy that you didn't consent to. Right. <laughs> I'm like, are they allowed to do that? But they're not supposed to. I mean, they're, okay. you know, you're really not definitely not supposed to. I mean, it, it really anything that happens during your birth in terms of like a procedure kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or anytime, I mean, I just saw a post, I can't remember who did it, but it was talking about 
Like it's not even really okay to be like, I'm going to put my hand, you're going to feel my hand now. It's really more okay. appropriate to say, hey, is it okay if I put my hand here? Or hey, is that, you know, yeah. in terms of like a cervical check or something, because that's a lot right. of times what I'll do is I'll say, hey, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, during a cervical check, I'm like, okay, you're going to feel my hand, you know, my glove like against your thigh. And then, and then we do a cervical check. But yeah, it's really actually more appropriate to say like, okay, can I put my hand here? Okay. Yes. That's consent. It's yeah. Anything like that really it. Yeah. Consent is a big thing. I think that we're just <laughs> continuing, continuing to work on um, right. as a whole here. <laughs> well, and then the other interesting thing now that you mentioned that, so it was, I'm going to guess like 11 to 1130, somewhere in there. Cause she was born around 1230. Then a nurse came in and she told me that she was going to do a cervical check so that they could start Pitocin. And I'm like, even I, who hadn't gotten really deep into, you know, any kind of natural birth stuff at that time, yeah. knew that like, but why? I haven't been in labor like that long compared to, you know, the horror stories that you hear. Right. right. Why do? And it just so happened that she checked and she's like, oh, you're fully dilated. We don't have to do that. Let me <laughs> go get the midwife. So, yeah, there was not a lot of consent sought, which is interesting because that was actually a midwife delivering me. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because it was six years ago or if because it was, you know, down in a rural part of Georgia. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. really sure what the deal was, but mm-hmm. looking back, there were things about it that, you know, I, I didn't care for. Yeah. You weren't um, cool with. <laughs> right. Or like, yeah. I didn't realize, you know, that a lot of places they'll basically throw the baby on top of you just as soon as he or she is born mm-hmm. for skin to skin contact. Like they didn't do that. You know, they immediately took her and cleaned her up and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that you brought up that it was a midwife taking care of you um, because I talk about this all the time that it's not, you know, a, I think a big kind of misconception that people think is that, oh, if I get a midwife versus right. an OB, my experience is going to be a lot better. It's going to be a lot more natural. And it really is, that is so far from the truth. I'm not you know, bashing midwives. Like there are some amazing midwives that I've worked with, but it really so much depends on your provider regardless. Yes. The individual, because there are some, you know, bad, not, not so great midwives and there are some not so great OBs. So it's really midwife versus OB does not have, you know, male, female does not have anything to do with it. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So, well, that kind of moves us into you know, your next pregnancy, your next birth, let's talk. So I guess you said your oldest one is six and a half and then your middle one is four. So that wasn't too, too, you know, long in between. So let's talk about that pregnancy. And we will get right back into this week's episode after a quick break from this week's sponsor. This week, the Mommy Labor Nurse podcast is sponsored by Mommy Knows Best. Now, if you guys know me, I've been following and doing stuff with Mommy Knows Best for a long time. Mommy Knows Best empowers all moms with the tools and resources necessary to give your newborn the best start in life. From an assortment of delicious lactation cookies, my favorite, I've eaten way too many of them during this pregnancy and I plan to eat way too many of them when I'm 
breastfeeding this baby. Um, From an assortment of delicious lactation cookies to supplements and beyond, their products contain all natural herbal remedies traditionally and effectively used for generations to treat low milk supply. Whether you're a new mom or pro, Mommy Knows Best gives you plenty of options, all of which are created with the health and safety of both baby and mom in mind. And I have tried a lot of different lactation stuff. Like when I was a breastfeeding mom with uh, Walter, when I was breastfeeding him, I struggled with those supplies. So I tried so many of these dang, uh, you know, lactation cookies and bars and all of this stuff. And I honestly think Mommy Knows Best, their cookies and their flavors are the best ones that I've had. I mean, it just, they just taste like normal cookies that you would bake in the oven or you would, you know, buy from the store. Like they're just, there's nothing weird about them. They just taste like delicious cookies. (laughs) So they recently sent me a couple different mixes, which I made one of them before this baby came last week. Um, It was the peanut butter candy uh, brownies and they're already done, gone in my house because they've gotten eaten up. And then the other new flavor that they sent me was the salted caramel brownies, which I'm going to plan on making those after the baby comes so I can enjoy those when I'm actually breastfeeding. So if you are interested in snagging any of these new brownie mixes or any of their other products, they have a lot of lot of different delicious flavors. You can head over to my link at mommylabornurse.com slash cookies. And that will take you to the Mommy Knows Best website where they have all of their different flavors. And if you use the code LABORNURSE10, that's L-A-B-O-R-N-U-R-S-E-10, you can save 10% on any order. And that code works on their website and it also works on their Amazon store if you purchase anything of theirs from Amazon. All right, let's get back into this week's episode. Yeah, so they're 23 months apart. Um, the second one we had, like I said, we moved up to Pennsylvania. We mo- moved up here the week after my oldest turned a year old. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't really know people yet. We were pretty isolated. Like looking back now, I realized just how isolated I was and just how much that contributed to, you know, postpartum anxiety and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. of course, that's getting ahead of you have to have the baby before you have postpartum anxiety. <laughs> So you can have prenatal anxiety. That's certainly that's true too. <laughs> that's a good point. But um, anyway, so uh, again, the pregnancy went well. I was sick, you know, trying to deal with being sick while also having a toddler to take care of was so difficult. Yes. So difficult. But, you know, we made it through. And with her, like, I was kind of one of those on the fence, like it would be nice to have a natural birth, but like I didn't actively do anything to try to prepare for it. Yeah. It it works out. I think just like a day or two before she came, I did a lot of reading. Like I was just Googling and reading birth stories and I read a bunch of natural birth stories. So at least kind of, I had an idea of how that worked, but yeah, I, you know, I hadn't done any kind of like mindfulness or meditation or Mm -hmm anything to kind of help you cope. Yeah. And so I was, I was still nursing my oldest at the time Mm -hmm. and I woke up at about six in the morning and I let her nurse and I'd been kind of just like letting her nurse as long as I could stand the Braxton Hicks contractions for a few weeks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it turned out that particular morning they were not Braxton Hicks. They were actual real contractions. And yeah, but when you let your, 
you know, your child breastfeed while you're in labor, it really ramps up the process. Yeah, of course. Yes. That yes nipple stimulation. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, we realized it was the real deal. I remember my husband got a really quick shower. I remember slicing up strawberries for my toddler for breakfast, like in between contractions. And we got her dropped off to daycare and got to the hospital. And so, you know, my next daughter was born 45 minutes after we hit the hospital door. Oh, girl. <laughs> yeah. So Not we got too long there. at all. <laughs> no, and we got there. And like I said, everything was very intense because I had been nursing before that. And yeah. so, you know, I was like, yes, give me that epidural. And um, yeah, I'm sure I was. But then, like, there really wasn't time. Like, the, the anesthesiologist was trying, but I was like, I didn't realize at the time, but I was in the middle of transition while he was trying to get a needle mm-hmm. in, which mm-hmm. does not work well because there's a lot of like writhing and, you know, yes. <laughs> not being able to be still. And I was panicking mm-hmm. because like I was yelling, you know, I was like, this has to work. The, the epidural has to work and freaking out, but it didn't work, you know, and then I started yelling that I needed to push and mm-hmm. The baby came and like afterwards, you know, it was great and I felt much more with it and she was able to nurse within like 10 minutes of being born, maybe not even. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So getting her started was easier than it was with my first one and it was just after, you know, after I got through it, I was like, oh, that was the worst it got. And a lot of the pain I felt, I think, was really more attributable to panic than to, like, mm-hmm. pain. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I was glad with the experience overall. So whenever I got pregnant with my third one, which we found out that I was pregnant with him, like, the day after we had my second one's birthday party. So, Oh, nice. Not- <laughs> yeah. They're only 19 months apart. But I decided, you know what, I'm going to actually prepare for a non-medicated birth because like I've done it mm-hmm. and I know I can. So I would like to actually do it on purpose because recovery was so much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one question while you're talking, was this the same uh, practitioner or was it yeah. a different practice or was it a different hospital? What was it like? Oh, was gosh, it- I was, about it? I'd gone from Georgia to Pennsylvania. So this was, that's right. That's place. right. So t- completely different place. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so great that you brought up, not great for you at the time, but great that you brought up the whole fear factor in your yeah. pain, because that is something that I talk about in my course, my, my, in my birth courses is the fear, especially my natural course is the yes. fear. And I think a lot of, um, typical birth classes don't really like address that, that, Hey, like right. fear is, uh, it fuels I mean, it, I really believe it, it fuels pain and it does you I can, mean, biochemically. It, yes. Yes. It does. Yes, absolutely. So if you can address the fear and what you're actually afraid of mm-hmm. to the bottom of that, because sometimes it's just, we're just afraid of, we don't know, you know, we don't know right. what we're afraid of. We're just afraid. It's like, okay, if you can really sit here, analyze what exactly you're afraid of, is it because you're afraid of hospitals because you're afraid of delivering at a hospital? Is it because you're afraid of needles, you know, getting an epidural, pain or whatever? We can address that. And then it's like, okay, 
then we can do X, Y, Z. Then we do pain management. If you're afraid of, you know, contractions or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe thinking about a different place to give birth. If you're afraid of the place, you know, there's so many things, but yeah, I love that you brought up the fear uh, factor in that because it sounds like with your third birth, you recognize that, that there was this fear and you really did something about it. So let's go into your third birth and how that was different. Okay. You mentioned the, you know, a lot of labor classes not addressing that. And I would agree because yeah. my first, my first birth, I went to like the hospital labor class. Of course, this is the same place that the woman just like yeah. gave me the episiotomy without asking and all that. Yeah. That class, like, absolutely terrified me because it yeah. was a very clinical these are the things that's going to happen to your cervix and to your body and uh, like I won't even like mention some of the imagery yeah in case there's any first-time moms that hear it because it was just like not it was not helpful and my husband said he looked around the room and he saw like all these women's reactions he said that there was oh. one, one woman who was just like sitting there gray oh I I was sitting there with like silent tears streaming down my face. Like, yeah, it was not (laughs) helpful. So actual helpful birthing courses are, are much better. And and sometimes you can find them, you know, resources, like you said, your own class. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of uh, places, you know, community classes that you can go to that are high quality. Um, I'm not like, I'm not bashing, you know, every, every other course out there, but yeah, that's a great example of like, Hey, I went to this community class hospital offered class and it was just crazy. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so I think it's good. I, I think it's also important. This is what I say in my courses too. It's like, Hey, this might not be your only resource. Like, Hey, like, take this and read this book and, yeah. you know, go here or whatever. Um, so yeah, no, but you're right. There, there can be definitely some fear mongering <laughs> kind of yeah. tactics that some birth classes, uh, go through. I, I mean, I'm just thinking of like sitting in a high school, uh, class and like watching like watching birth videos like I remember doing that as a teenager and like that is what I envisioned some of like these these birth classes to be like it's just like you're all sitting in a classroom like "Ah," freaking out and that's not what we want to do you know like as for as birth professionals and as educators like that's what I really want to just kind of like hold your hand and walk you through this and like empower you empower you do the warm fuzzies like not sugarcoat stuff like I'm very clear about like hey this is what it is labor hurts a lot but you don't have to be afraid of it and this is what you can do and yes exactly empower people not scare people so okay sorry (laughs) my rant about (laughs) about everything let's let's keep talking about your third one (laughs) okay okay so with the third one, like I said, I decided, you know, I want to do an unmedicated birth this time. And so yeah. what do I need to prep for that? And so the first thing, actually, it was just kind of luck. I happened to meet, you know, I, I talked to you earlier about my yoga instructor mm-hmm. and I just happened to meet her. There was like this community thing at the mall. I think I was volunteering with the La Leche League, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I walked by her. And she said that, yeah, she did prenatal yoga. So I started going there and that was kind of the first step. And it was, it was really helpful. Just, 
using yoga allows you, I guess, kind of to separate yourself from something that's like stressing you out, for Mm -hmm. example. So even just like the example that I would use is my, my oldest was not the easiest to get to sleep when she was a baby and a toddler. And I'm Mm -hmm. saying that very lightly. (laughs) And so I would, I would try to rock her to sleep and I would get so angry and so tense. Like my whole body would be tense. Mm. Like just go to sleep. I just want to go to bed, you know? Yeah. Actually, I just want to have like a little bit of space. And I, like every night it was, you know, me getting angry. And of course that couldn't have helped her sleep. Like it didn't help either of us. Right. Right. But, but with my second one, you know, I was able to sit there and rock her and I would notice, like, I would think about my feet grounded on the floor and Mm -hmm. I would feel like just kind of be mindful of like parts of my body moving up. I would be mindful of as I was holding her, you know, I could feel her little bottom in the crook of my elbow. I could feel Mm -hmm. her little head, you know, in my other hand. And I would focus on that kind of thing. And those were just tools that I learned from yoga. You know, it's not like anyone ever explicitly taught me to do that. And so having those tools of mindfulness, you know, things that you can focus on, like you can still accept whatever it is that's stressing you or scaring you or whatever, but but you can also focus elsewhere, you know, was really yeah, helpful. Absolutely. And I do that. Um, I do some of those kind of grounding exercises. Like I don't, I haven't had a ton of anxiety attacks in my life, but I've had a few and I just have longstanding mm-hmm. anxiety. And sometimes mm-hmm. I need to do those kind of physical things and just like a grounding exercise to kind of bring myself back. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, it, it, that's, that's really, really cool that you brought that up. And it sounds like that's, is that kind of the stuff that they were, that you implemented during your labor? It is. So yeah. I did that. And I also, I read hypnobirthing. Have you, are yeah. you familiar? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. So I've actually, what I did was I got it and I read it like four times in a row. I kind of feel like that's where my nesting instinct was, was to read that. And so her premise is, you know, very much focused on what we said about the biochemical response of pain, that a lot of it is connected to fear Mm -hmm. and that the pain of labor is greatly, greatly reduced if, you know, you're able to step back from that fear and Mm -hmm. so she has like these meditations that you can listen to these audio things and so when I was in labor that was actually my longest labor like I labored at home all night and I was awake and that sounds awful from that from the outside but actually it was really nice because it was like Mm. just me and the baby you know Mm -hmm. connecting so I'm rolling on my exercise ball or you know whatever Mm -hmm. and it was that was still when the contractions were only like 15 or 20 minutes apart. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, we got to the hospital again, probably like five or six. And so we told the doctor, he was a resident. Um, so he was younger, but like maybe even a year or two younger than me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this sounds crazy, but we're doing this thing called hypnobirthing. And I have this audio track that I'm just going to loop. And he's like, okay. So yeah. I was, yeah, I was grateful that he was so accepting. And, you know, he was, he was very interested when he came in. He's like, that does sound really soothing. Like, you know, the, whatever I was listening to. Yeah. Um, and as long as people weren't like, you know, poking at me, checking my cervix or like checking the 
you know, the monitor and all that kind of stuff. Like I even honestly kind of zoned out a few times mm-hmm. where I wasn't even aware of what was going on. And it was nice. But even when I was, you know, more aware of things, my focus was on like anytime I had a contraction, if I could keep from scrunching up like that area between your eyebrows, you know, right mm-hmm. on your forehead. Mm-hmm. Like that was what I focused on. And so that kind of gave me a focal point and allowed me to keep from tensing up and made things work a lot mm-hmm. better. That's great. And, That's great. Yeah. And then it turned out um, my ba- my son was actually kind of like diagonal in, mm-hmm. inside there. So his, his head was like tucked behind my left hip bone. And so, of course, once they told me that, you know, I got a little nervous, that's, that kind of broke my zen. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, yeah, because you got afraid, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. I was Because I was like, oh, gosh, are they going to do a C-section? I don't yeah. want to do a C-section, you know. Yep. Yep. And so, fortunately, there was an experienced nurse who had been at a birthing center that's, like, since closed in our area, but I think she was there before. Mm-hmm. And so, I looked at her, and I was like, what do I do? And she said, get on your knees. Mm-hmm. Like, so I stood up onto my knees, like holding on to the back of that hospital bed and I felt him move. Like it was the weirdest thing. Nice. So, yeah. So I felt him move. And then just like all of a sudden I was in transition. He was out like 15 minutes later. That's great. So it's like you had just had to do one little thing to kind of get him to <laughs> shift yeah. a little bit. And I think this is a classic example. Um, and I'm not trying to scare anybody right now who is pregnant with their third babies, but this happens so frequently that that third baby is something is up with them. <laughs> like whether yeah. it's their positioning or something weird happens during labor, or like you said, your this labor was a lot longer, probably due to like kind of a malposition. Mm-hmm. Um, but that guys, like if you're pregnant with your third baby and you're listening to this, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to scare you, but just <laughs> be aware that something might be just, just a little bit off. I'm not saying anything, you know, anything crazy, crazy is going to happen, but this is something we see, something that I have seen a trend that I've seen all the time. Like it's just a third baby. We call it third baby syndrome. So just That's side note, side note, I wanted to bring that up. <laughs> So anything you've heard about fourth babies? So how does that fourth go? babies good fourth babies are fine. Nothing to worry about with fourth babies. Okay. <laughs> it's cool. third it's the third baby syndrome. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah Your fourth husband, baby will probably fly out. You you'll have no what issues. I told my husband because <laughs> I've been having like really strong Braxton Hicks. Yeah. Like even at thirty one weeks I had to like, do we need to go to the hospital? Yeah. Like, it, it finally calmed down, but it feels a lot more like it did with my second. And I've told mm-hmm. him, I'm like, I think this is going to be a fast kid coming yeah. out. Yeah. We'll see. Most likely. But the other thing that I have said, you know, comparing, of course, the first one, you know, it was the epidural. So, but the second two, you know, I had the one where I was like totally freaked out, but I made it through. And then the third mm-hmm. one, you know, was such a different, like such an amazing experience because yeah. once again, recovery was great and all that. But I feel like my second birth happened to me, mm-hmm. but like I accomplished my third birth. If yeah. That makes sense. No, yes, absolutely. That makes total sense. And I love that. It's so empowering. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. Cool. It was, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. No, that's great. And so moving, I guess, into your fourth one now, you're planning on trying to implement every, you know, 
kind of a similar tactics and kind of similar things to your third one? Or are you planning on doing anything different? No, I mean, I might, I might be more willing to like move around sooner if I need to. So, you know, because I've thought to myself like, gosh, I probably could have been done sooner. Like if I'd been on my knees earlier, but of course I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, so I might kind of keep that in mind if it seems like something's a little stalled out like that, but otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm reading that hypnobirthing book again. Yeah. Actually the one thing that's really nice. So the only problem with the hypnobirthing meditations is and some people don't have a problem with it, but some people just like the woman's voice, like just gets on their nerves for whatever reason. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> which, yeah. Which like, I hate saying that, but it's just like true. I've seen multiple people be like, I can't handle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I have tried to look for birth meditations that I like. Like I've scoured the internet and looked at, you know, iTunes and, and I just haven't really found one that I liked. Yeah. So I decided, I was like, you know what? My yoga teacher has a really soothing voice and she's just like really good at that kind of stuff. And so I just asked her, I was like, would you be willing to record some birthing meditations for me? And she said, yes, she would be delighted. So I know. So we've recorded, um, we'll have actually three different things. So one is called a yoga nidra, which is basically like a yogic sleep where you don't necessarily like totally go out, although you might, Mm -hmm. but like, it's, it's just kind of like a really deep meditation that is interesting because like you'll feel like you're asleep and it's about 30 minutes long or so. Mm -hmm. But then when you wake up, like you just kind of wake up at the end and you don't even realize that you've been out and you're like, wow, actually I'm really refreshed. That's cool. It is really cool. Like, I, yeah, actually, I just listened to it last night, and then I've got, she did another one that's designed, like, for while you're in labor, you know, it's encouraging yeah. you to work with your, you know, with your contractions and to stay calm and stay mindful in the moment and all that, and then the third one I have, um, it's a recording of her teaching how to do something called vocal toning, so basically mm-hmm. just holding either like vowel sounds or just like an mm sound Mm -hmm. and that that's really soothing and it's a really great way, another great way to get through contractions. And so she has recorded those for me. And then I've asked her too, I'm like, what if I find a way to provide those, you know, to the people who come Mm -hmm. to evidence space mommy. And she said she would be great. So I have two of them ready to go. Mm -hmm. The third one, I'm planning on getting put together today and I'm hoping to um, have those wrapped up soon so that other, other moms who are approaching labor can also benefit. Yeah, no, I love it. And other moms who are uh, not so, not, not big fans of the hypno hypnobirthing uh, ladies voice, they can go to your recordings. (laughs) Well, I love it. I love it. Cool. Well, hopefully that will come out soon and you'll get all that stuff wrapped up and, you know, be selling that on your site. Um, and I'll be happy to, you know, when all that's out, you can just send it to me and I'll add it to the show notes page for people to check it out. Um, awesome. and yeah, no, that, those sound great. Cause I, 
I, you've inspired me now. Like I'm going to start meditating again. I was really into, (laughs) I was like really into meditation for so long. Mm -hmm. And then you just, I feel, I mean, I feel like it's anything like you're really into, you know, eating healthy and like exercising or whatever. And then it's like, you just fall off and and slip off. And I haven't meditated in so long. And I'm like, gosh, you know what? I I felt so good when I was doing that. And I preach this to my, you know, patients or, you know, my audience, I say, Hey, like try meditation, especially if you're struggling with anxiety or you're just, you know, any, I mean, it really helps anything. Like, Mm -hmm. even if you're not struggling with anything, meditation is a great thing to incorporate in your life because Mm -hmm. yeah, it just, like you said, it just helps you stay a lot more mindful, helps you sleep a lot better. It helps you feel more awake and refreshed during the day. Um, so yeah, no, you've inspired me. I'm going to, I'm going to start meditating again. (laughs) It just helps. I got, yeah, it just helps your whole, your whole mindset. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Samantha, for joining me. This was a really, really great episode. We we got through a lot of a lot of births. That's <laughs> a true. lot of them. Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Well, can you um, just quickly remind listeners where they can find you at your website? If you're on Instagram, any of that kind of stuff, they want to follow along. Yeah. So I am at evidencebasedmommy.com. Yeah. I have an Instagram. I do not get on there much, but I'm. <laughs> I'm on Pinterest and I'm on Facebook more. Cool. So yeah. So cool. both of those are at the Evidence Space Mommy. Evidence Space Mommy. So everything's the same. Pinterest and Facebook and your website. Yeah, I'll give you links so that you can show those too. Yeah, absolutely. I'll link those in the show notes page so people can, you know, follow along. And we'll put uh, like I said, we'll put the meditations in there too for people who are interested in that. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Are you looking for birth education? Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever. And that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money-back guarantee, so if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up, and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast and use the code podcast listener to save 20%. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. 
I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week.